Section 23, Volume 3 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3, Section 23. When it was the one hundred and sixty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the jeweller answered them, O folk, hearken to my words, and give me no trouble and annoyance, but be patient, and he will come to tell you his tale for himself. And I was hard upon them, and made them afraid of a scandal between me and them. But as we were thus, behold, Ali bin Bakar moved on his carpet-bed, whereat his friends rejoiced, and the stranger folk withdrew from him but his people forbade me to go away. Then they sprinkled rose-water on his face, and he presently revived and sensed the air. Whereupon they questioned him of his case, and he essayed to answer them, but his tongue could not speak forthright, and he signed to them to let me go home. So they let me go, and I went forth hardly crediting my escape, and returned to my own house supported by two men. When my people saw me thus, they rose up and set to shrieking and slapping their faces, but I signed to them with my hand to be silent, and they were silent. Then the two men went their way, and I threw myself down on my bed, where I lay the rest of the night, and awoke not till the forenoon, when I found my people gathered round me, and saying, What calamity befell thee, and what evil with its mischief did fell thee? Quoth I, Bring me somewhat to drink. So they brought me drink, and I drank of it what I would, and said to them, What happened, happened. Thereupon they went away, and I made my excuses to my friends, and asked if any of the goods that had been stolen from my other house had been returned. They answered, Yes, some of them have come back, by token that a man entered and threw them down within the doorway, and we saw him not. So I comforted myself, and abode in my place two days, unable to rise and leave it. And presently I took courage and went to the bath, for I was worn out with fatigue, and troubled in mind for Ali bin Bakar and Shams al-Nahar, because I had no news of them all this time, and could neither get to Ali's house, nor, out of fear for my life, take my rest in my own. And I repented to Almighty Allah of what I had done, and praised him for my safety. Presently my fancy suggested to me to go to such and such a place, and see the folk and solace myself. So I went on foot to the cloth market, and sat a while with a friend of mine there. When I rose to go, I saw a woman standing over against me. So I looked at her, and, lo, it was Shams al-Nahar's slave-girl. When I saw her, the world grew dark in my eyes, and I hurried on. She followed me, but I was seized with a fright, and fled from her. And whenever I looked at her, a trembling came upon me whilst she pursued me, saying, Stop, that I may tell thee somewhat. But I heeded her not, and never ceased walking till I reached a mosque, and she entered after me. I prayed a two-bow prayer, after which I turned to her, and sighing, said, What cost thou want? She asked me how I did, and I told her all that had befallen myself and Ali bin Bakar, and besought her for news of herself. She answered, Know that when I saw the robbers break open thy door and rush in, I was in sore terror, for I doubted not that they were the caliph's officers, and would seize me and my mistress, and we should perish forthwith. So we fled over the roofs, I and the maids, and casting ourselves down from a high place, came upon some people with whom we took refuge. And they received us and brought us to the palace of the caliphate, 
where we arrived in the sorriest of plights. We concealed our case and abode on coals of fire till nightfall, when I opened the river gate, and calling the boatman who had carried us the night before, said to him, I know not what has become of my mistress, so take me in the boat that we may go seek her on the river. Haply I shall chance on some news of her. Accordingly he took me into the boat, and went about with me, and ceased not wending till midnight, when I spied a bark making towards the water-gate, with one man rowing and another standing up, and a woman lying prostrate between them twain. And they rowed on till they reached the shore when the woman landed, and I looked at her, and behold, it was Shams al-Nahar. Thereupon I got out and joined her, dazed for joy to see her after having lost all hopes of finding her alive. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and sixty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the slave-girl went on telling the jeweller. I was dazed for joy to see her, after having lost all hopes of finding her alive. When I came up to her, she bade me give the man who had brought her thither a thousand gold pieces, and we carried her in, I and the two maids, and laid her on her bed, where she passed that night in a sorely troubled state. And when morning dawned, I forbade the women and eunuchs to go into her, or even to draw near her for the whole of that day. But on the next she revived, and somewhat recovered, and I found her as if she had come out of her grave. I sprinkled rose-water upon her face, and changed her clothes, and washed her hands and feet. Nor did I cease to coax her till I brought her to eat a little and drink some wine, though she had no mind to any such matter. As soon as she had breathed the fresh air and strength began to return to her, I took to upbraiding her, saying, O oh, my lady, consider and have pity on thyself. Thou seest what hath betided us. Surely enough and more than enough of evil hath befallen thee, for indeed thou hast been nigh upon death. She said, By Allah, O good damsel, in sooth death were easier to me than what hath betided me, for it seemed as though I should be slain and no power could save me. When the robbers took us from the jeweller's house, they asked me, Who mayest thou be? And hearing my answer, I am a singing girl, they believed me. Then they turned to Ali bin Bakar and made inquiries about him, And who art thou, and what is thy condition? Whereto he replied, I am of the common kind. So they took us and carried us along, without our resisting, to their abode, and we hurried on with them for excess of fear. But when they had us set down with them in the house, they looked hard at me, and seeing the clothes I wore, and my necklaces and jewellery, believed not my account of myself, and said to me, Of a truth, these necklaces belong to no singing girl, so be soothfast, and tell us the truth of thy case. I returned them no answer whatever, saying in my mind, Now will they slay me for the sake of my apparel and ornaments. And I spoke not a word. Then the villains turned to Ali bin Bakar, asking, And thou, who art thou, and whence art thou? for thy semblance seemeth not as that of the common kind. But he was silent, and we ceased not to keep our counsel, and to weep, till Allah softened the rogues' hearts to pity, and they said to us, Who is the owner of the house wherein we were? We answered, Such a one, the jeweller. Whereupon, quoth one of them, I know him right well, and I wot the other house where he liveth, and I will engage to bring him to you this very hour. Then they agreed to set me in a place by myself, and Ali bin Bakar in a place by himself, and said to us, Be at rest, ye twain, and fear not, lest your secret be divulged. Ye are safe from us. 
Meanwhile their comrade went away and returned with the jeweller, who made known to them our case, and we joined company with him. After which a man of the band fetched a bark, wherein they embarked us all three, and rowing us over the river, landed us with scant ceremony on the opposite bank, and went their ways. Thereupon up came a horse patrol, and asked us who we were. So I spoke with the captain of the watch, and said to him, I am Shams al-Nahar, the caliph's favorite. I had drunken strong wine, and went out to visit certain of my acquaintance of the wives of the wazirs, when yonder rogues came upon me, and laid hold of me, and brought me to this place. But when they saw you, they fled as fast as they could. I met these men with them. So do thou escort me and them to a place of safety, and I will requite thee as I am well able to do. When the captain of the watch heard my speech, he knew me, and alighting, mounted me on his horse, and in like manner did two of his men with Ali bin Bakar. So I spoke to her, continued the handmaid, and blamed her doings, and bade her beware, and said to her, O oh, my lady, have some care for thy life. But she was angered at my words, and cried out at me. Accordingly, I left her, and came forth in quest of thee, but found thee not, and dared not to go to the house of Ali bin Bakar. So stood watching for thee, that I might ask thee of him, and what how it goes with him. And I pray thee of thy favour to take of me some money, for thou hast doubtless borrowed from thy friends part of the gear, and as it is lost, it behoveth thee to make it good with the folk. I replied, To hear is to obey, go on. And I walked with her till we drew near my house, when she said to me, Wait here till I come back to thee. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and sixty-seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that after the slave-girl had addressed the jeweller, Wait here till I come back to thee. She went away, and presently returned with money, which she put, continued the jeweller, into my hand, saying, O my master, in what place shall we meet? Quoth I, I will start and go to my house at once, and suffer hard things for thy sake, and contrive how thou mayest win access to him, for such access is difficult at this present. Said she, Let me know some spot where I shall come to thee, and I answered, In my other house I will go thither forthright, and have the doors mended and the place made safe again, and henceforth we will meet there. Then she took leave of me and went her way, whilst I carried the money home, and counting it, found it five thousand dinars. So I gave my people some of it, and to all who had lent me aught I made good their loss, after which I arose and took my servants, and repaired to my other house, whence the things had been stolen. And I brought builders and carpenters and masons, who restored it to its former state. Moreover, I placed my negress slave there, and forgot the mishaps which had befallen me. Then I fared forth and repaired to Ali bin Bakar's house, and when I reached it, his slave-servants accosted me, saying, Our Lord calleth for thee night and day, and hath promised to free whichever of us bringeth thee to him. So they have been wandering about in quest of thee everywhere, but knew not in what part to find thee. Our master is by way of recovering strength, but at times he reviveth, and at times he relapseth, and whenever he reviveth he nameth thee, and saith, Needs must ye bring him to me, though but for the twinkling of an eye. And then he sinketh back into his torpor. Accordingly, continued the jeweller, I accompanied the slave and went in to Ali bin Bakar, and finding him unable to speak, sat down at his head. Whereupon he opened his eyes, and seeing me, wept and said, Welcome and well come. 
I raised him, and making him sit up, strained him to my bosom, and he said, Know, O my brother, that from the hour I took to my bed I have not sat up till now. Praise to Allah that I see thee again. And I ceased not to prop him, and support him, until I made him stand on his feet and walk a few steps. After which I changed his clothes, and he drank some wine. But all this he did for my satisfaction. Then, seeing him somewhat restored, I told him what had befallen me with the slave-girl, none else hearing me, and said to him, Take heart, and be of good courage, I know what thou sufferest. He smiled, and I added, Verily, nothing shall betide thee save what shall rejoice thee and medicine thee. Thereupon he called for food, which being brought he signed to his pages, and they withdrew. Then quoth he to me, O my brother, hast thou seen what hath befallen me? And he made excuses to me, and asked how I had fared all that while. I told him everything that had befallen me, from beginning to end, whereat he wondered, and calling his servants, said, Bring me such and such things. They brought in fine carpets and hangings, and besides that vessels of gold and silver, more than I had lost, and he gave them all to me. So I sent them to my house, and abode with him that night. When the day began to yellow, he said to me, Know thou that as to all things there is an end, so the end of love is either death or accomplishment of desire. I am nearer unto death, would I had died ere this befell. And had not Allah favoured us, we had been found out and put to shame. And now I know not what shall deliver me from this my strait, and were it not that I fear Allah, I would hasten my own death. For know, O my brother, that I am like bird in cage, and that my life is of a surety perished, choked by the distresses which have befallen me. Yet hath it a period established firm, and an appointed term. And he wept and groaned, and began repeating, Enough of tears hath shed the lover white, When grief outcast all patience from his sprite. He hid the secrets which united us, But now his eye parts what he did unite. When he had finished his verses, the jeweller said to him, O oh, my lord, I now intend returning to my house. He answered, There be no harm in that. Go and come back to me with news as fast as possible, For thou seest my case. So I took leave of him, continued the jeweller, and went home, and hardly had I sat down, when up came the damsel, choked with long weeping. I asked, What is the matter? And she answered, O oh, my lord, know then that what we feared hath befallen us, for when I left thee yesterday and returned to my lady, I found her in a fury with one of the two maids who were with us the other night, and she ordered her to be beaten. The girl was frightened and ran away, but as she was leaving the house, one of the door-porters and guards of the gate met her and took her up, and would have sent her back to her mistress. However, she let fall some hints which were a disclosure to him, so he cajoled her and led her on to talk, and she tattled about our case, and let him know of all our doings. This affair came to the ears of the caliph, who bade remove my mistress, Shams al-Nahar, and all her gear to the palace of the caliphate, and set over her a guard of twenty eunuchs. Since then to the present hour he hath not visited her, nor hath given her to know the reason of his action. But I suspect this to be the cause. Wherefore I am in fear for my life, and am sorely troubled, O my lord, knowing not what I shall do, nor with what contrivance I shall order my affair and hers, for she hath none by her more trusted or more trustworthy than myself. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased saying her permitted say. 
End of section 23 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3